This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of May 25th, 2019. TTB slaps Constellation Brands with a $420,000 fine? Breweries are testing the resilience of Sierra Nevada's patients. I, for one, welcome a chance to try whiskey made by our new robot overlord. It's back! All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. <laughs> I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I'm recovering from the chat, breaking me, just right as we're starting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Constellation Brands has a fine of $420,000. That's like finding me like a buck fifty, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a lot to them, considering what they've been throwing around recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chat does not need to apologize, specifically hot beverages. I enjoy a good laugh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, after issuing... Uh, by the way, this is from brewbound.com. Uh, after issuing a $2.5 million fine to Heineken uh, in April, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, which... I can't say without thinking of a certain night attack track. Uh, anyway, uh, they this month uh, they announced the acceptance of a $420,000 offer in compromise from Constellation Brands Crown Imports LLC subsidiary. Uh, <laughs> according to... Uh, According to the TTB, between January 1st, 2016 and April 25th, 2019, so last month, uh, Constellation used a third of uh, used a third party to make illegal payments uh, to retailers in an effort to secure draft beer placements. That is some shady crap. Yeah, holy crap! That's that's some straight up pay to play stuff going on there. Hmm. Uh, it's. Like, if there's a time when you're going to get slapped with a fine, it's then. That's that's the time. I also feel like this fine, yeah, it's it's not a lot. It's really not. It's not even a slap but, on the wrist. I think it's, it was it a joke? Were they like, let's fine them 420, you know. Wink. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, it's not clear which retailers were involved in the scheme. However, TTB spokesman Thomas Hogue told Brewbound that the agency's investigation Related to activities in Illinois. Took every ounce of energy I had not to say Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. Uh, a filing uh, lists 131st Dearborn Street Suite uh, th- 1200, Chicago, Illinois, as an address belonging to Constellation Brands, as a location where violations occurred. Uh, where violations occurred. <laughs> it's very broad. <laughs> You know what? I'm unsure what violations were occurring. It. I I would have laughed really hard if it had been. It's like the address given had been like Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. The Blues Brothers bit. Yes. (laughs) John Candy just shows up, going, "Yeah, it's a good bit. Well done." (laughs) Yeah. John Candy, how are you here? Uh, 
The fun comes as the TTV stepped up its uh, policing efforts of the beer industry over the last year, collecting nearly $6 million in the uh, process. That's a way to, 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 you know, reclaim some of that money from some tax cuts. Yeah. Hmm. Well, in addition to finding, uh, basically, Heineken uh, $2.5 million for illegally supplying uh, fee draft systems to retailers and making uh, slotting fee payments, TTB uh, last December accepted $1.5 million from Miami's Eagle Brands for uh, inducing retailers and blocking out competing brands. The beer distributor also allegedly provided a draft, a free draft system to retailers, with the understanding that the only, oh, pardon, only wholesalers' products can be served on those taps. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's under a nice large, Oof. large tree on a sunny day. That's some shady spot. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, last May, the agency accepted $900,000 from Ohio's Warnsteiner Warnst- uh, Imports Agency Incorporated, which engaged in a Tide House commercial bribery and excessive outlet violations. Wow. Oh. Okay, hold on. I know it doesn't mean what I think it means. So does that just mean they had too many plugs in their outlets? <laughs> they needed a command strip or something? to. Exactly. That's what they needed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in March, the TTV fined Illinois Brewing Distributing Company yeah, $350,000 for violating federal, uh, federal consignment laws. They actually also accepted a $325,000 from Illinois' uh, Elgin Beverage last year for pay-to-play violations. When they asked why uh, the Heineken fine was significantly more than Constellation, Hoke said the agency looks at the egregiousness of the violations when determining its penalties. So apparently, yeah. Heineken Damn. was into some real bad stuff, and Constellation <laughs> was like, uh, "Yeah, nah, fine." Uh, earliest year, the leaders of the Brewers Association, Brewers Association, Beer Institute, National Beer Wholesalers Association, and other alcohol lobbying groups penned a letter to the House and Senate, uh, saying the uh, serving their respective uh, appropriations committees, urging Congress to fund the TTB in the fiscal year 2020. Uh, at $139 million. In the request, they explicitly noted the TTB's role in enforcing the uh, FAA Act, the Federal Alcohol Administration Act, uh, and including provisions to educate and uh, preclude unfair trade practices. The alcohol beverage, uh, in, the al- beverage alcohol industry needs a well-funded TTB to operate successfully, they wrote. So, yeah. Looks like craft beer is like, no, you have to do this because we're getting screwed. Yeah, so that was they told the TTB get out there and give it a little flex, show them, show them what's going on. <laughs> so that you know, this is it's, a, it's substantial in that they got hit with the fine. Yeah, uh, maybe not as as hard as as Heineken, but you know, they, they also just hit Heineken. So like, all of this has been happening fairly recently. They're just like, all right, you, 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 and you. You all suck. Give us your money. Principal's office now. <laughs> Principal's office. Pay at the door. <laughs> principal needs his cut, too. Is that not how your all school principals work? <laughs> Had to give him your lunch money when you got called to the office? Principal gonna get his. Yeah, the whole thing is... It hurts to see a lot of these, you know, to know these companies were engaged in this sort of activity. Mm. 
But yeah, some of these finds are just really short of the mark. Just because it's, it's not going to deter them from doing it again. No, it does give them bad press, and it does it does let them know that hey, you you've screwed up. This is a small problem. If you keep doing these things, the fines are going to get bigger. I feel it's more like warnings as opposed to punishments. Uh, and you know they don't ex- lay out exactly what it was that caused these fines. They said like some of the behaviors that led to it, but not not how severe it was. Yeah, uh, we don't have any exact details. Whereas in the Heineken case, I think we covered that story a couple times. There were big details that came out of crap that was going on there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. I, I I appreciate them stepping up the stepping up their game for it. And you know, some of the places they're 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 finding are the distributors, not not the producers. This time, they they went no 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 constellation, you're gonna pay. Also, stop putting glass in your stuff. <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to get worked in. <laughs> stop putting glass uh, and stop putting weed and everything. We know you've got a lot of it now. <laughs> stop putting glass, start putting weed. And, you know, pay who you're supposed to pay. Exactly. Well, speaking, uh, speaking of paying who you're supposed to pay, uh, Sierra Nevada, they're still waiting on they money. Uh, this one, actually, there were alternate titles. Uh I thought we could have gone with uh, Nation's Breweries wanting to test Sierra Nevada's Pimp Hand. Or uh, there was just the extremely <laughs> shortened, Bitch Better Have My Money. I was waiting for, is uh, is Greg Cook going to have to choke a brewer? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, when California's deadly campfire wiped out the entire town of Paradise and other surrounding areas, Sierra Nevada sprung into action announcing plans to brew a special pale ale with all proceeds benefiting people of the region. Over 1,400 breweries around the country signed up to make the beer in their own tap rooms, nearly a quarter of all the breweries in the United States. But more than half of those breweries have yet to send any money raised from the beer to Sierra Nevada. Wow. The news came from a leaked letter to Sierra Nevada, uh, to participating brewers. Uh, Sierra Nevada has confirmed the authenticity of this letter. The brewer, however, says it has been in contact with many of uh, many of the brewers, and while the numbers are concerning, it has in quotes, it expects them to honor their commitment. They just need more time. <laughs> what what does this sound like? It's like someone who, it's a loan shark situation, right? That's what's happening here. They loan shark hey, the goodwill of the this beer to brew it in their tap rooms, made a crap ton of money, spent that money on other things, and now now Sierra Nevada's sitting here going. Where's our cut? Yeah. Where's Sierra our Nevada's cut? like, hey, be a shame if something happened to them bright tanks. <laughs> yeah. It is important to note that the beer was in market until April 30th. So many breweries and retailers have just recently seen those funds come in. The hmm. company told Fortune, who we sourced this from, breweries of all sizes step forward in this Herculean effort. And we are hearing from more and more each day. We deeply understand the challenges of operating a brewery and are actively working with our friends to establish realistic timelines for donations. We are, however, hopeful that those funds will be received as soon as possible so we can continue funding this essential work. Every dollar spent on Resilience IPA was meant to benefit Butte County recovery efforts. Every dollar. 
Sierra Nevada worked with suppliers for all ingredients to be donated to participating brewers, meaning that the breweries got all the ingredients for free. Jeez. Everyone who worked officially with Sierra Nevada got, or they could, get the ingredients to brew that beer for free. While the company is still awaiting a significant amount, Resilience has already raised millions of dollars, which Sierra Nevada has put to good use, helping to fund disaster recovery groups, child trauma uh, reduction efforts, providing bus passes for students, and more. Campfire hit close to home for the Chico-based brewer. Businesses in that city, including Sierra Nevada, had an average of 15% of their workforce lose homes. The fire burned more than 150,000 acres, destroyed more than 13,000 homes, and killed at least 85 people in Northern California last November. Jeez. So, yeah, it's just kind of shady that because the deadline for them to send the money was 30 days ago, I think. It was like last month. That's, yeah, that's messed but, up. Yeah, but, you know, maybe some of them are still trying to... Uh, give them the benefit of the doubt that they're they're looking to see how much they they made off of it how much they you know proceeds of that are for something else maybe they they handled something improperly accidentally handled something improperly like they forgot to keep those funds separate from something else so you know there there could be reasons and they're just trying to figure out what it was so let's not assume everyone was out just to to get their name out there and not pay them back i'm sure someone was though yeah again i'm they're going i'm i know some of the breweries are not going to pay the money like, they just flat out what's going to happen. Because yeah. what happens if they don't? Is Sierra Nevada just going to release a list and be like, hey, these people essentially stole? <laughs> like, I mean, they may not release it. It may get leaked <laughs> to a magazine or website that, you know, in a, quote, internal memo about who didn't pay them back. Well, and also, like, why would you want to jeopardize your chances of taking part in something such a, that's such a big deal? I mean, yes, this was for a very specific thing, like a specific event, but Sierra Nevada does this kind of stuff. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's I don't know why you would want to, uh, assuming that the whole waiting on the funds thing isn't the issue, then I don't know why you'd want to jeopardize, like, your your yeah. role in, in future endeavors like this, you know? They're one of the biggest names in craft beer. Yeah. Being able to work with them helps you, I assume. I mean, maybe there's something that I don't know because, you know, I'm not in I'm not in that business. Yeah, but, but it's still, it, yeah. It's just, I... You made an agreement. You should honor it. That's the. Yeah, that's yeah. the moral of the story here. Like I said, bitch better have my money. <sighs> well. You know who? I don't know. I'm trying to find a good segue. I was for like, that. I, you know, I got nothing here. Um, you know who always has money on time? Robots. Probably. F- let's fill that strong AI pimp hand. <laughs> Indeed. I, for one, welcome my new AI pimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so <laughs> turning tricks ain't ever been so easy. Uh, so Swedish distillery creates first whiskey designed by AI. So, would you drink a whiskey designed and created by artificial intelligence? I mean, the answer is yes. I would I don't, because I don't like, need more I don't need more than that. Yes. Yeah. Would you drink a whiskey? Yeah. Yes. Fair. Would you drink? 
Yes. Yes. Yes, Sam, I am. Um, Check. Check that box right there. This fall, the hypothetical question becomes a reality as popular award-winning Swedish whiskey distillery, Macmura? Question mark? Um, releases the first ever whiskey, a single malt, designed with machine learning. Uh, working in collaboration with Microsoft and Forkind, a Finnish technology consultant specializing in AI, uh, spearheaded proje- or spearhead projects, the distillery has made the claim that this is the first ever machine learning designed complex consumer product recipe. That is a very specific way to word that. It very much is. Um, There's the, going to be a legal reason that it was worded in that way. Uh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, the distillery's machine learning models running off of um, Microsoft's Azure cloud computing platform and AI cognitive services will be fed raw data rel- related to whiskey production, including malting, fermentation, distillation, and maturation. Macmara's, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong, sorry. Magmar's historical recipes, sales numbers, and customer preferences also going to factor in there. Um, the result will be whiskey designed for both flavor and customer demand, generated from more than 70 million possible recipes. That's insane. Um, Is it impressive? Yeah. So um, the uh, machine learning partner at Four Kind, uh, I have to say it's probably Yarno Cartilla. Uh, describes two different sets of algorithms that can generate potentially successful and delicious whiskeys. Um, says, although lacking human expertise, we can teach machines to understand what elements previous recipes and products are made of and how they are perceived and ranked by customers and experts. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you can't really replace people as far as things like this goes, but it It'd be interesting, like if they're like, "Well, these thing, these factors worked before, so here you go." Robots came for our jobs. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't think this would ever replace replace, but still, um, uh, this whole thing is, I don't, I don't know. It's not going to. It's not. I hate to say it's not going to be good because it very well could be. It's just not going to be. A whiskey that is as enjoyable, I have a feeling, because it's like if you took applied the same concept at Buffalo Trace and took in the factors that it's taking in, you're going to come up with a completely different product than anyone buys any whiskeys from there for. Mm. Let's go with uh, let's go with the Star Trek analogy. It's going to be like when Data plays uh, uh, plays music from uh, TNG, yeah, where it's it's basically a reproduction, but it's not the you don't feel the soul and the, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> At this point, I'm just trying to blow. equate whiskey to. J- I'm trying to equate whiskey to jazz. <laughs> low I mean, blow. You're saying data doesn't have a soul. You you had to go there. You had to go there, didn't you? I'm he's, saying he's he was growing into one. He was he was but a child. <laughs> child can't brew whiskey. <laughs> right. That's what we're trying to say. Um. So <laughs> don't you lie to me. Children were brewing whiskey back in the 1920s and 30s. Probably. Um, anyway, so it noted that the aim of these uh, the machine guesses to find new combinations of techniques and ingredients that normally wouldn't be thought about by humans. So that's kind of the whole point here. Um, 
It says, though in the 80s, uh, many distillery workers lost their jobs as more of the whiskey-making process was automated and handed to computers. Uh, The more niche position of master blender is less threatened in this case. Uh, Human senses, after all, are still the most important factor that decides just how good a whiskey is. Uh, Macmara master blender Angela hmm, uh, Durazio doesn't feel that she is about to lose her job to the robots and expressed her happiness to be a mentor for the world's first ever AI whiskey. That's what everyone says until the robots take your job. Fair, but I still think she has a better or a good attitude what, about it. That's what everyone says because the robot has a gun pointed to your back. It says, go out there and you say it. Uh, oh, um, it does have... So uh, the, the whiskey won't be coming out because, it, again, it said this fall. Um, the, uh, the profile that they're going for is described as possessing herbal notes of uh, aniseed, ginger, and white pepper, and a citrusy, spicy mouth with dry finish. It, mm. That's just buzzwords. Like, <laughs> whiskey uh, buzzwords. <laughs> it is not. It's an actual description. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I would still drink it. I'd try nope. it. Well, yeah, I'll try it, but it's, I feel like it might be in the same vein as when Buffalo Trace did that uh, supposed crowdsourced bourbon mm. where they had the kiosks set up and i guess they eventually opened it up online where you could go go through an automated process of you know your perfect bourbon and then they basically claim that they took the the median of all that and made it and released it as a weller and it's like how no that's not like that had to have been aged for like 10 years that, that's not possible no they just came up with the whole whole list and they went Oh, we've already got one of those. One of those. It's in the back. They someone already nailed it. Oh, we had all these barrels in the back, and we've been wondering what we we're going to do with them. And you all just kind of made this. So, all right, we'll just charge you a hundred dollars a bottle and ship them out. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, well, speaking of things, it's in a crate in the back. I really hope none of this was in a crate in the back. So. You know what it was. Uh, Thanks to uh, Stranger Things new season on Netflix, we can all welcome back New Coke. Do we call it New New Coke? I I'm not sure. What was, old new, new Coke. Old New Coke. New Old Coke. I, I, so, F. Scott Fitzgerald famously wrote, There are no second acts in American lives in 1941, and he has been famously proven wrong. His own uh, <laughs> reputation uh, is a case in point. Time and time again. The most recent example, New Coke. Modern marketing's most... <laughs> ost- oh, God. Ost- ostentatious. ostentatious. Bleh. The dry mouth gets you. Mm-hmm. Ostentatious Blunder is back for a victory lap. In the summer of 1985, Coca-Cola changed the formula of its core product and dubbed it New Coke. It was an idea nobody asked for, and it turned out nobody wanted New Coke lasted just 79 days on the market before being yanked from shelves. A disaster. A fizzy flop. Until now. 34... You could mar- market that as much as you want. No one wanted it. Yeah. 34 years later, New Coke is back. The beverage giant is celebrating its epic miscalculation with some savvy marketing, savvy marketing in a partnership with Netflix's sci-fi thriller Stranger Things. 
New Coke will be woven through several episodes of the third season of the original series, uh, bowing on July 4th, which is set in the summer of 1985. And as part of the deal, Coca-Cola will be bring back the beverage for a limited time. So does this mean we're going to get like Back to the Future references in it? Because that's when I Back mean, to the Future came out. I mean, maybe. I also just like to imagine they're like, oh, new Coke. Oh, God, who would ever drink this? <laughs> well, I have a feeling it's going to be one of them that really likes it, and all the rest of them are just like, what is wrong with you? But first, a history lesson. In 1985, Coca-Cola was gearing up to celebrate its 100th anniversary amid headwinds. Diet Coke, which debuted three years earlier, was a hit as boomers sought out healthier alternatives. Since the end of World War II, Coke had steadily lost market share to Pepsi, especially among younger drinkers, because, of course, it was the choice was... of a new generation. I was going to say, it was the choice of a new generation, but... <laughs> Panic had set in. The company was willing to change everything. Um, Sergio Zyman, the charismatic former chief marketer for Coca-Cola, said to Adage, or Adage, where we got this one, in 2011, the only thing left was to change the product or change the advertising. Insanely, they went with the former. The fallout was a fur as furious as it was fast. The company received more than 40,000 calls and letters, including more than 1,500 calls a day to the 1-800-GET-COKE hotline, according to the historical account. The real thing, uh, truth and power at the Coca-Cola company, Pepsi piled on, joking that Coke had admitted that it is not, in fact, the real thing. So, Hot Beverages just came up with, a much, with, a, with the best title for this that we should have used. What? New Coke, who dis? <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> I see that, I was like, oh, this is so good. New Coke, who dis? Uh, Coca-Cola Cave. The company announced the return of the original formula on Ju July 11th, <laughs> an event so auspicious that ABC's news anchorman Peter Jennings interrupted General Hospital <laughs> with a special bulletin. In fairness, what was really happening on General Hospital? Yeah. But nostalgia is a bomb. Today, Coke can laugh at and monetize its famous snafu. Today, the brand can bask in the retro cool patina of Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things has that effect. Uh, new Coke is back, and we're glad. Maybe we're all in the upside down. Uh, I was going to say, maybe the new Coke in the upside down is good. Possibly, but probably not. Come on, what about... What about the failure of uh, the clear or crystal Pepsi? Crystal Pepsi? Mm. Yeah. It's like, it tastes just like Pepsi. What has science wrought? <laughs> it's clear. It shouldn't be clear. Pepsi was too busy asking if they could, <laughs> and they never asked if they should. Yes. Uh, well, you know who did ask if they should? Who? Bushmills. You know what they asked? What should we build another facility? Hmm. Oh, yeah, they should. That's always uh, yes. <laughs> More Irish whiskey? Oh. Yes. Yes, please. Well, Bushmills is set to, uh, by the way, this is from Whiskey Advocate. Uh, Bushmills is set to double its whiskey production with a second distillery. Funny how that works. Two distilleries, twice the production. Hmm. Uh, it's set to open by 2022. That is a year that's not that far off. And yet. But in my head, <laughs> seems like 
the future. The, the far off future. The far future. Than... In the year 2000. <laughs> anyway, already the largest and oldest whiskey maker in Northern Ireland. Bushmills got the green light for a expansion as part of a $77 million investment plan by Mexico-based parent company. There's a lot of letters here. Bercel S.A.B. de C.V. Also known as Cuervo. Uh, when it opens, Bushmills' new single malt distillery will match match the capacity of its current facility. So good, good. Don't want to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it makes moving. half the product. <laughs> uh, that's not what I want. Uh, the co- company won't say what its capacity is. Uh, however, it's estimated in the book from Blarney to uh, from barley to Blarney about uh, to be around six million liters of pure alcohol annually. Jeez. Uh, the company plans to spend uh, $33.7 million, uh, uh, million on the new distillery, which will uh, be erected in north uh, northwest of the existing site, adjacent to Warehouse 17. Uh, work will begin this year, and the project includes a new barrel st- uh, store closer to the main street of the village, while a new chimney, cooling equipment, and boiler house will be hidden away behind warehousing. Over the next two decades, Bushmills will also construct 29 extra warehouses in a 62-acre uh, area of farmland southeast of the village. Hmm. Uh, as uh, Old Bushmills Distillery is officially recognized as building a special architecture, uh, as a building of special architectural or historic interest, the exterior of the new facility is expected to main- maintain a traditional appearance, blending the old with the new in keeping with the character of the village. Uh, constructed in a T-shape, the distillery will have 10 pot stills for its triple distillation process, likely divided into two wash stills, four faint stills, and four spirit stills. Uh, Bushmills may be the oldest operating uh, distillery in Ireland, but the expansion is only in the latest in a long history of growths, constructions, and renovations. There has been a legal distillery there since 1782. The date, 1608, that appears on Bushmills bottles isn't the founding date for the distillery. It's when King James I issued a license to the town's governor, Sir Philip, uh, Sir Thomas Philip, to distill aqua vitae. Jeez. Oh, yes. The Bushmills Old Distillery Company was established and licensed in 1784, probably after distilling illicitly since 1743. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Uh, on November 25th, 1885, a fire started in the oil store and malt house and destroyed all the existing buildings, leaving only the grain store undamaged. Within a few years, however, a new distillery had risen, and by the early 20th century, Bushmills began sporting a handsome twin pagodas seen today. Hmm. Rose from the ashes like a phoenix. Seriously, that's just how it works in Ireland. <laughs> if a building burns down, the distillery just seems to grow up out of the ashes like a sprout. <sighs> Who built this? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, over the past century, Old Bushmills Distillery has changed hands at least once every 20 years. <laughs> I like that idea. Every 20 years, it's like, hmm, I think it's time for a new change. Someone else buy us. <laughs> uh, the new owners have almost always invested in production, usually in the form of warehousing. The distillery's current owners, who also own the uh, Polonia... Yeah, they own Jose Cuervo tequila, <laughs> as well as North American whiskey brands like Stranahan's uh, Tin Cup and Pendleton, 
among other spirits. They acquired Bushmills in 2014, so we should be expecting a new owner uh, in 2034. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they bought them from Diageo, who had previously referred to the Mash House and Pot Stills to improve efficiency. I have a feeling, yeah, the the money these companies put into it because they're like they come in and go, well, we can't really change the recipe. That's that's kind of a big no no in this game. Yep. So what do we do? We just try and crank out more of it. Which I mean, yes, <laughs> more. That's that's always fine. And you know, if you're going to do an Irish Irish whiskey, Bushmills is a pretty good one to get. Yeah, I don't recall, but I, I know it's good. It's real good, and especially for the price. For the price, it's almost unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want Jameson Price with better taste? Yeah, you want Jameson Price with taste? All right. <laughs> Sold. Uh, uh, speaking of... Speaking of great uh, prices. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of tastes. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, Aldi, this week in Aldi, uh, Aldi's now selling pink gin ice lollies. Just let that I'll say. Try it. <laughs> okay, wait. By ice lollies, popsicles. So, okay, I was gonna say someone's frozen a lollipop, but no, no, because Britain. Um, so damn British. Uh, I feel like we came up with popsicles and they went, no, we're not calling them that because they can't say it. <laughs> hmm. Um, said uh, Aldi has made um making popsicles even more convenient. Um. You get out a, a gin and tonic fix in iced treat form, thanks to their alcohol-infused ice pops. And, um, of course, two new flavors of them. So, uh, after the budget supermarket's regular gin and tonic ice lollies became bestsellers for the brand last year, apparently that was a thing, uh, over 280,000 single popsicles sold in just a week. A week. Um, Aldi has decided to add two new flavors, pink gin and passion fruit gin sure yeah. sure um yeah why not um they'll be joining the classic uh gin and tonic selection and it's uh for two pounds 99 so i don't know what that is in uh u.s dollars but not a lot um and it's a pack of four so not a bad deal um the uh the packaging does not look like popsicle packaging like yes, it's it's like a a lolly, so I don't know if that's just you know different, but it looks like um, cough drops or something. <laughs> By the way, it's uh, three dollars and eighty cents. Ah, okay. So yeah, that's that's a decent price. It does look like a cough drops packaging, <laughs> doesn't it? It yeah. Now, here's here's the thing. One popsicles were made were first invented in California. Ah. And here are the things that people will typically call them. Uh, popsicles in, in uh, Canada, U.S., and New Zealand. Freezer pop in the U.S. Hmm. Okay, ice, lolly in, ice lolly and uh, ice pop in the United Kingdom, India, Ireland, and South Africa. I wonder why all those the- particular <laughs> nations all call it that. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> ice block in New Zealand and parts of Australia. Icy pole in parts of Australia. Or ice drop in the Philippines. Okay, so really, all the British-related countries are just being difficult, is what we're saying. Or, uh... <laughs> we came up with it first, and then England went, No. Hmm. 
Ice lollies. I will. I, <laughs> I will burn your castle down, England. Swear to God. School off with our lollies. But what do the French In, call India, them? India. Uh, like India and other countries. You're also calling them this. Fine. But what do the French call them? <laughs> they don't. They're too busy smoking. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't. They, they call them cold cigarettes. <laughs> they eat real food. <laughs> All right. Well. Every time you say it, I can't help but hearing Squisgar in the back of my head going, Pops Cockles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want Pops Cockles? Pops Cockles, we can have. <laughs> it's like, it's basically like it, when they're on their diet. <laughs> no, that's when they're on their diet and yeah. they keep making fun of the homophobia of Murderface. Because they start to point out exactly how many, like, wang-shaped things he eats. <laughs> so they're, like, locked in the closet eating, uh, what, like, just eating food while they're on their diets. And they keep hearing a... <laughs> <laughs> and then someone turns the light on and, like, murder faces in the floor going to town on a popsicle. <laughs> and they're like, Why? <laughs> Jeez. And they're like, no, it... Basically shaped like a <laughs> what? Uh, oh dear. Okay. Well, on that note, we always end on the best thing ever. Um, we would like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support, have a drink. Please go to Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show, and uh, we will see you again next weekend. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>